When I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a marching band. He said, son, when you grow up, would you be the saviour of the broken, the beaten and the damned? He said, will you defeat them, your demons and all the non-believers, the plans that they have made? Because one day I'll leave you a phantom to lead you in the summer to join the Black Parade. Welcome to episode 106 of the Wizards of Dribble podcast. And everyone's just getting a bit emo. <laughs> Joining me is Ben, Gerard Good. Way, Cartwright. <laughs> wow, what a day. I mean, it, it ended as exactly as we expected, didn't it? With utter, utter disappointment. Um, I'm looking forward to the next half an hour of my life to get rid of some some bad feelings within me and put it all on the Wizard Drivel listeners. So thank you for being here for me. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining me is Chris, the other guy out of my chemical romance, Brammer. <laughs> Your uh, lack of emo knowledge has betrayed you there, Dave, hasn't it? Clearly you weren't one of the Black Parade back in secondary school. How disappointing. Um, but no. Hello. Nice to see you. Uh, it's been a good day, this, hasn't it? It's... Uh, oh, I'm so happy football's back. I've missed it so much. <laughs> oh, lads. Oh, lads. Where do we begin? Where, did, where the bloody, bulgering hell do we begin? I suppose... a really tried and tested place to start might be the Wizards of Drivel patented three words reviews and uh, straight away we have where's the overhaul disappointed but not surprised wake up call it's only pre-season Bay <laughs> <laughs> off mark major overhaul required I blame Brexit <laughs> second best everywhere <laughs> Utter rubbish drivel, which is either a, a review or a three-word review. It's hard to tell. Uh, Coach tells lies. Okay. Oh. By me. So, yeah, a lot of hurt feelings right now and a lot of people ready to just punch through their screens with their fists and get all blood all <laughs> over their hands. And like, oh, no, there's blood everywhere, but it's justified because Stoke was fucking shite. So... <laughs> I suppose uh, we should be rational and level-headed and say this is one game in a 46-game season. Leeds United were at home under a very renowned new manager and they clearly are a very good side who may do very well this season. But on the other hand, that was fucking dreadful. <laughs> and I want to address kind of my main gripe of the performance which was we looked totally and utterly unprepared for the championship from goalkeeper to defenders to midfielders to forwards we didn't have a bloody clue what we were doing and Chris Gary Rowitz dropped a bollock there straight away hadn't he? I'm reluctant to say Gary Rowett's dropped a bollock, mainly because, <laughs> and I, well, let, let, let me let me explain why. Because I think his comments in the week and after the match are quite revealing, in that he said that if he had done things differently, 
these preseason plans wouldn't be how he's done it. He wouldn't have gone about the transfer window this way. He isn't happy with the performance that the team put in. They've not really done the things they've done. They were supposed to do on the training ground. I think what this shows is that it's a bigger job than perhaps we like to think, but maybe more fool us for thinking that just changing the mindset of a team that was awful for near two years is going to happen on the first day of the season under a, against a buoyant home team with a new world-renowned manager who think they're going places. Um, that's me with my rational head on, uh, because earlier I wasn't rational and I was fucking angry and I was about to throw my toys out the pram at everyone. It was Gary Rowett's fault. It was Badu and Dai's fault. Shawcross's fault. Joe Allen is a Labrador. He just runs around and chases a ball, doesn't it? It was everyone's fault. And I I, I agree. I don't think, regardless of what's happened in pre-season, and whilst I don't think Gary Rowett is the person to blame, I think this squad is completely unprepared for what the championship is. And he said it in midweek. He said there's, a, there's, there's some minds in here who are going to have to get used to the fact that they've dropped down the division very quickly. And they, they weren't used to that, were they? And there are there are some characters there who I don't think will be here next week. Um, but others, I think they just need to work out what they need to do. One thing is for sure, we won't be playing a team like Leeds every week. Like I thought Leeds were really, really... I, I just thought that they're, the way they pass the ball for their... And it was a big game for them. Big, like, home home fixture. Like I'm chuffed that they played well. Um, what? I, well, I, what? What does that mean? I'm chuffed they played well. So, so let me let me explain this then, because I, I really I don't want Bielsa to to fail, and then you get the likes of I don't know Robbie Savage, Jamie, yeah, going. Well, you just can't play that way in the in English football. Can you? You've got to play better, play different. It's hard in England, and I want I want Guardiola and others to prove that. No, actually, they are a cut above, and they do have very good uh, revolutionary tactics. That being said, I would have liked to have won today, um, but <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I'm just full of anger at everyone who's involved in football. No, I think yeah, as a team, we are not prepared, and I think some players either need to like it or lump it. <laughs> I think we've broken Dave. There are so many thoughts, and my initial thought is that I'm happy that this recording didn't happen in the immediate aftermath of that game because I would have been a lot angrier and there would have been a lot more expletives involved. I think, yeah, the the problem is there there are huge problems with with our midfield. I mean, the biggest problem with Stoke City is that on paper, we are incredible. There are top players, supposedly, in our team, but it still just doesn't work together. In my heart, I wanted it to come together today. We'd have Badu, Etebo and Allen in the middle of the park, absolutely bossing it, because they're three, again on paper, class central midfielders. But... Predictably, I got it wrong, and predictably, they got it wrong, and they were just not good enough. I mean, 
Other people have said it, and Dai doesn't want to be here. He is not up for the championship. Get him out, or if 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 we're not going to be able to sell him, don't play him because he just wasn't good enough. I mean, the problem with today is that we're playing Joe Allen when he was absolutely poor, kept him on the pitch for some reason. He was the worst out of the three. Um, and and the worst thing about it was I personally thought, and I, I'm I'm you you two might disagree, but Fletcher came on and did more than any other central midfielder in the in the space of time he was there, which is yep. an absolute embarrassment for the Wizards of Dribble podcast. <laughs> I don't think we've ever been embarrassed more by performance. And and again, it's the same with Peter Crouch. He comes on. I know Afobi scored the penalty and and lovely lovely doing that down the middle of the goal. Um, but Peter Crouch comes on and. It annoyingly suits the style of football that we're playing because all we were doing is pumping it up to him and of course he's winning the ball and and with Bojan nipping around his feet we actually occasionally look like doing okay but we yeah they were just some of the some of the play they were sort of involved in their one touch pass in their mm-hmm. movement I mean forgive me for forgetting that we we're in the championship because I. I generally thought that was quality, and I mean, there's there's a lot mm-hmm. to be said yeah. for their performance, as you've mentioned, Chris. But the problem is, yes, a lead side played well, but the problem is we just didn't. And it wasn't like two top teams going against each other. This was one top team schooling another that just weren't up for it. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I could pick out every single player, yes. I think, and say they weren't good enough. Bruno Martins Indy. Shocking. I've always been a huge fan of him and he's a great central defender but what was he doing he just he always seemed to be 10 yards away from the ball whenever we were defending I, I don't know what was happening today and mm. yeah I mean Shawcross I think has come out after the game and said oh lessons will be learned or whatever this is the this is the lesson we need it's like mate school was out a long time ago you should have known yeah. this you should have known this a long long time ago that it was going to be difficult and I'm scared now we've got Brentford next week who we saw the highlights in very poor quality on Quest TV last night, and they looked great. And I'm I'm worried because I know that Stoke fans, and I know that after if we get beaten next weekend, it's gonna it's gonna be the start of the the start of the sort of anger, the get row out and whatever already. So yeah, it's worrying, mm. very worrying. Yes. Um, I would say today felt like you know when a Premier League team will draw a championship side in the FA Cup and it would be not a great game, but they'll just do them because they're just so much mm-hmm. experienced and skilled and have that quality. It, it felt like that, but we should have the experience. We should have the quality, but we looked like it, it was men against boys for a while. They were just so much more clinical. They seemed you know, harder in the challenge. They seemed to have players always free when they needed to be. And they had players fighting for everything. And we just looked hopeless. And you you hit on it there. The, the, the focal point of all our problems was the midfield because we weren't attacking with any great quality and we weren't defending with any great quality. And I know the attackers and the defenders will bear their sh- their share of blame for that. But we were playing three headless chickens in midfield. That was it. And I thought the subs were crap when Rowett made them. I accept that Fletcher actually, as that sitting deep defensive type, actually did the role of a setting, sitting deep defensive type, unlike any of the three before him. But 
we raised this as an issue during pre-season. We said, our midfielders are very good, but what actually are we going to do with them? And it seems, based off this, that Rowett doesn't really know, and that's a worry. I, I thought I thought at half-time that we should have just cut our losses, put Bojan on for Joe Allen, played 4-2-3-1, and just kind of gone for it. Whether this isn't to have been Crouch's right, I mean, Crouch did actually create some goal-scoring opportunities for us. And that makes me think, like, this league, don't overcomplicate things, almost. If we need to go 4-4-2, big man, little man, classic combination, do it. I mean, you've got Kevin Phillips there. He built a career off of big man, little man combination. And... It's just, we made things so much more difficult than they needed to be in every single department. And obviously it doesn't help when the fucking keeper has chocolate wrists a minute before half-time. And then that was it. That was the game gone. And and then we we get a soft penalty. But even then, set pieces. I said when Leeds were lining up that corner, oh, they're doing that... uh, that uh, Glenn Hoddle patented love train thing that England did during the World Cup. It's, it's not like it's a, a new tactic. It's not Bielsa's tactical genius. You put a man on the post, he clears that ball. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was utterly utterly frustrating. If I am to give any credit, I would give it to Tom Ince. A bit he looked like possibly creating something and I would give it to James McLean for putting a shift in. But I, but this is the stage we got to last season. Last season I was like, I don't want to be praising someone just for putting a shift in because eight out of the other te- out of the rest of the team haven't put a shift in. Fucking and die. He's an absolute disgrace. How many times was he the wrong side of his man? That's that's you're taught that at five aside football, stay goal side of your man when you are defending. He didn't know how to do that. It was shocking. <laughs> but I think that leads you straight back to the the issue that we've said is we were playing three similar midfielders and there was no there was no balance to the midfield. And I think you could see that by the fact that Leeds were really, really good at pressing us and hurrying us on the ball and we were taking two, three touches every any time there was a pass. Leeds were flicking it, one touch passes round us. And it, it just made it easy for them and it made it made us revert back to pumping it up long to a phobie who was isolated because midfielders the, the midfield three couldn't get near him because they don't really know what their posi- their their role is. Um I think we I think when we say Darren Fletcher did well it's just shows that we really need a, a sitting midfielder in there. I thought, whilst I'm not going to say he was amazing, I thought we looked better with Bojan up further up the field because we just had someone up and around that mm. uh, space to, to provide a shorter option for the likes of McLean and Ince because I think too often, whilst yeah they, they had uh, an, an all-right game out wide, they were getting three, two, three players around them getting just isolating them and they they couldn't do anything at least when Bojan came on they had a shorter option to get pressure off them and we could pass it round a bit further in the final third I I, I just I thought 
all our issues today, the root of the problem came down to the fact that we could not control midfield. And I, I this, I don't know what people think, but that is going to be more the case this season. If that, that teams are going to try and play football against us, and they're trying to, they're going to try and hurry us while we're on the ball. Mm. That's going to happen. We need to amend that situation. Um, we need to amend it before the end of the at uh, the end of the week. We need to get a defensive midfielder in. I I imagine that that will rely on Ndai going uh, because I don't think they're going to sanction another midfielder to come in whilst we still have uh, a selection of them there. But but yeah, we we. <laughs> It, 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 is, it is a joke. How many times, how many times over the last few years have, have we been hamstrung by the players that we've got on our books that we weren't able to get rid of? We constantly seem to just have an unbalanced squad where in central midfield we've got sort of acres of talent, but it just doesn't work together. It it, it doesn't mm. make any sense. The The one hope that we have to take from this game is that we are as Stoke fans used to managers who can't who don't or can't change their game plan they don't when things are going wrong they haven't been able to do something to change it and adapt to it from what Gary Rowett is saying hopefully he he is a man that can do that hopefully he has gone home tonight and Maybe he's not going to sleep tonight because he'll be thinking about how to solve it. I, from his interview on BBC Radio Soak, it sounds like he's the type of manager that goes home. He, he can't leave it. He can't leave his job <laughs> at work. So I'm hoping that he's going to go home. He's thinking about this, thinking about how he can change things for Brentford next week. Cause it's absolutely essential that we turn it around. And there's going to be some big decisions to make. And again, we've there's a post on the OK at the moment about the Allen and Etebo problem that, and it's kind of what we've been talking about already is that we. How do we drop two or even one of Endai, Atebo and Allen? It's going to be a very difficult decision for a manager to make. But from what we've been saying and, and from our humble opinions, I think all of us, it's going to have to happen. Mm. One of them is going to have to be disappointed or got rid of. And Allen and Atebo aren't going anywhere because they've just signed new deals or joined yeah. the club. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> when we saw the starting eleven today, I think there was pretty much universal agreement that this was the best team we arguably could have played. This was the best eleven. This was certainly in terms of collection of talent. I don't think many people disagreed with the selection at all. And I suppose you can't really criticise Rowett for his team selection if that team selection is what you thought it should have been. But the issue was that they just didn't look like a team that had played together, which makes you question, oh, the pre-season friendlies where we played the likes of Fletcher when he wasn't going to start and we didn't really ha- have a set system during those friendlies. The, this team did not look like it had played together for any period of time. It did not look prepared. It did not look fit enough. And these are all things that, you know were kind of voiced as concerns during pre-season and they've kind of come home to roost now. Uh, and you don't want to 
just go off the deep end right now. Look, West Brom lost home to Bolton. That that will not happen very often over the course of that season for West Brom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Middlesbrough very nearly lost to Millwall. And I mean, it was a bit of a, a mad opening weekend. There were so many late goals and and we know the championship is kind of a, a mad league in that respect. And, and But it's not the results that concerns me. It's the manner of the performance. We didn't create many chances and Leeds constantly looked like scoring, which given the fact that I was really happy with our back four going into the season, especially with Butland staying as well, I thought, <laughs> I thought, brilliant. Well, if nothing else, you know, that back four is really solid. They've got good midfielders in front of them. And so we shouldn't get many goal scored past us, but we got ripped apart. I don't know if Ashley Williams will solve that, but man, I'm just going to uh, go straight into some questions. Uh, Dom, <laughs> will Stoke always make us miserable from now on until we die? Or will we have a good team again one day? <laughs> miserable misery is, is guaranteed. It's just the gap between the misery. I mean, I think the best sort of sin of games we've had with no misery is six games. And that was... That's not happened in the in the podcast world. So, yeah, guaranteed misery. Um, I think the problem for me is that we all went into expecting it and we all said that that was a problem mm. because we're expecting to win, sorry. We didn't expect that. Um, unfortunately, it seemed like the team was also expecting a walk in the park, which didn't happen. So, yes, mis- misery abound and it is set to continue. Uh, d- uh, another Dom. Uh, just how many more players do we need after today? And this for me is hard to put a figure on because the issue with the midfield isn't so much the the players we need in. It's more just finding out what the hell to do with the players we currently have. And we may need a actual proper defensive midfielder in. We may not, but uh, yeah, it's just really hard to work out what's going on there. I would say we need in a backup striker because I don't think bringing on 37-year-old Peter Crouch is going to get you far, even at this level. And Eric fucking Peters, my God. Absolute hot piss. Even Bauer was bad as well, but Eric Peters, you thought, oh, well, he's stepping down a level. He'll, uh, he'll be one of our better performers. Jesus. No, no, please no. Let, let, let's stop that. Yeah. I'd, yep. I'd agree I'd say left back and defensive midfielder would be the priority I think unless we get rid of a couple of strikers it's still the same problem we've got loads of them um, but it'd be lovely to have a defensive midfielder that could actually defend and wasn't Darren Fletcher um, not that I'm saying that Darren Fletcher can actually defend either yeah uh, <laughs> Stokey, is everyone still laughing at the idea of Graham Potter being a manager at this level Um I know we definitely weren't laughing at the the idea because we kind of touted him for the Stoke job, possibly mm-hmm. as far back as Hughes being manager. But uh, obviously he's got off to a good start, and you know it's only one game and the rest of it. But yeah, I've, we've got no gripes with Graham Potter over here, uh, as far as the rest of you know the the football community is concerned. I don't know, may, maybe they'll still harbour some concerns, but. Yeah, um, I don't think I'm uh, leaping to any conclusions there. Tom Thrower, 
whilst there were some massive problems today, that could be the most difficult game we have all season. Is it a bit too soon to panic? I, I think we're just reacting very emotionally to more disappointment. Um, and, you know, tomorrow with some clearer heads, more rational thought, I, yeah, it's it's the first game of the season. Newcastle United lost their first two in their season when they came back up a few years ago. So it, it's not a it's not an omen of you know, that's it. We are doomed to stay in this league now forever. I think that the the positives are that Gary Rowett has identified what the issues are. It isn't a case of oh you know we were unlucky. It was just individual errors. We're not hearing that excuse. He he's. I, I I feel like he knows what the issue is. As you said, Ben, he's probably going to stay awake tonight, drawing little diagrams or something to to work out what the issues are. Um, and and that I feel is a relief. Um, yeah, I just think the main the main thing is that we just need to work out what to do with some of these players or how to get them, how to coach them in a good way. <laughs> we, need to, we need to work out how to play some cohesive football because I don't w- remember the last time we did that. Yeah, that would be nice. The, the, it's, yeah, the result isn't the issue, it's the way we yeah, played. It, I mean, it comes back to Dave the old... It, uh, been five. Sorry, Ben, it comes, up, comes back to the old identity question. I mean, what was our game plan today is another question we've had through to Wizards Drivel and to be honest, I don't know. A general sense of maybe the wise men will cross it in, but I don't think... That in itself is enough of a strong game plan uh, at any level, let alone the championship. I I I think that today he had set them up to know that Lee a Bielsa team is going to have a lot of possession. They're going to pass the ball, and that they were going to hit them on the counter attack. You could see that when Joe Allen did get the ball, his aim was to run and run forward. The problem we had there is they just weren't good at that. They weren't good at getting past defenders. Uh, a Tebu, you could say, was was decent. There were a few occasions where he was quite skillful in his dribbling, but I, they they Leeds were successful at hurrying us off the ball, and so counter attacking was just a bit redundant because they just beaten us in midfield. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Another question, and this is uh, something that may well get me hounded out of town, but Rob Clark, can somebody please explain the purpose of Joe Allen? Not just to me, but also to Joe himself. He doesn't seem to know why he's there or what he's meant to be doing. And I have felt like this on and off because I know Joe Allen is a very good footballer and in general, I like Joe Allen perhaps more of more as an idea than as a footballer sometimes but today <laughs> he made a strong shout for worst of a bad bunch because not only did he not seem to be positionally aware he didn't seem to be no, be aware of what his role was in the midfield he his touch was abysmal it was bounce mm. it was bounce bouncing off him that first half and i don't want to single out Joe Allen in particular because Peters was bad, Bruno was really bad, Shawcross was bad, Bauer was bad, Butland was bad, Atebo wasn't very good, and Dai was hopeless. 
front three was just about passable. Afobe was not maybe great, but still, you know, that that back eight, if we can just sort the back eight players out, we'll be all right. Um, but yeah, Joe Allen, I just, I haven't got what his role is in the team for some time now. I don't get what his position actually is. I don't get what his role in the team actually is. And I feel like that started with Hughes when he kind of signed him, panicked, played him as a number 10, persisted too long with him as a number 10, and then kind of went, ah, I don't really know what to do with Joe Allen now, but I have to play Joe Allen. And then Lambert had the same thing. He's just kind of there. He's running about a lot. He does a lot of maybe eye-catching things sometimes, but what it doesn't fit a system. It's, it's like having the Duracell bunny in the team. Yeah, he's got loads of energy and, you know, it's all right to watch him, but the Duracell bunny is not Stephen and Zonzi. I, I would be interested, interested to hear our first conversation about Joe Allen, Joe Allen, Joe Allen, um, when he first signed for us and what we were saying, because from my memory, it was probably similar to the conversation we're having right now, except the fact that we were excited that he'd signed, but we had no idea how he fitted into the, midfield area and we still what is it two years later yeah. have no idea yeah. where Joellen fits into a central <laughs> midfield and, and I don't know if that's Joe's fault I don't oh, know if that's the coach's fault and don't get me wrong it's probably a mix of the today both. this this statement could also apply to Indai and Ataba but it's just that Completely. this has been a long time coming with Joellen <laughs> so that that's why I've kind of maybe picked on him a bit there but yeah, he was just kind of chief headless chicken in that midfield <laughs> amongst amongst many. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I've missed this, lads. I've missed just f- fucking... It was supposed to be different. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be like this. Just, oh, dear, dear, dear. And will the podcast be happy? Oh, it's just... Oh, dear. It's just nothing. It's just sad emo music from here on in. <laughs> Make Wad Pod happy again, or for the first time. Chris, Chris, make us happy again. Sing us a song. <laughs> um, I don't. Well, I don't really know what song to sing you. Following on from last week, my two-year-old's still singing "Football's Coming Home," and I'm in Scotland at the moment, and that's really not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, look, she's an idiot, Chris. I'll, I'll tr- <laughs> She's oh, it was so sweet. I put her to bed this evening, and I said to her, "Oh, well, we were talking about you had a nice day, yeah, yeah, yeah." Well, my football team lost, and she looked so concerned and went, "It doesn't matter, Daddy. It's okay." And I'm like, <laughs> "But it's not. You don't know. You don't know what the issue is with midfield. You stupid it's... child." <laughs> She's 28 years old. I was expecting you to go into one of those didn't happen of the year tweets where you're like she said to me why doesn't Alan and Etebo work in a midfield together and she explained it so succinctly she should be part of the Wizard of Dribble podcast tweet she already has been to be fair to her and she'd arguably be more coherent than we are this evening well she'd be less drunk hopefully than we are (laughs) are there any positives for us to take forward before 
like Brentford next week, is there anything that we've seen or any glimmers of things that you're like, no, do you know what? If we are able to nail this down in the week, things might we, we could get a result. Because, I mean, you've got to bear in mind, whilst Brentford had this really good game against Rotherham, I'm sorry to my Rotherham. home... Yeah, I'm sorry to my home team, it, hometown team. It uh, it is Rotherham, and they're not overly um, amazing. Chris, Chris, um, that is the last thing Rotherham needs right now. You having a go? <laughs> oh, and uh, oh, don't. Uh, oh dear, oh dear. Was... Sorry. Oh dear. <laughs> the, po- the positive, the positive I'd take is that the two players that seemed to care the most was Ince and McLean. So what, whatever has been said or done to them to care about Stoke City, do it to the rest of the players that were already at the club, and then we might have a team that actually wants to fight for the badge. That would be nice. Look, it, I, if, I'm, if I'm trying to be like you know positive, it was a tough opening fixture against a buoyant Leeds United side who feel like they're going somewhere. Next week is our home game. And, you know... Our ground, our fans, if we can be jubilant and behind the team and really capture a positive spirit, it is a cliche, but it does make a difference. I I, I 100% feel that some of the team today were rattled and they were nervous. I think Jack Butland's performance you can put down a lot to he, his head was not in the game. He spent two minutes before he knocked the ball in, he was mouthing off to Leeds fans like he I think they weren't in the right headspace and my hope is in a in a home game where our fans are pushing them forward it might be different um that doesn't stop the fact that Brentford are actually really quite a good team and our friends on not the top 20 podcast have said quite similar they rate this Brentford team and rated them last season and they are a, a good side I'm... They also rated us. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what were they thinking? But I do, I do feel that we aren't miles away. I don't think that this is a case of this team that there is no hope. There is, there are workable things. Yeah. That the 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 the, the, the coaching staff can work on. Workable things they can work <laughs> on. What a good sentence that yes. was. Uh, but there are things that, that they can improve and and they're easily Ugh. identifiable. And I know we said the same thing <laughs> when Mark Hughes was manager, but they, I, yeah, I've got to think that this, this squad is so much better than the, this division. Like, if we do not do well, then it is a massive failure because this is just, a very it, yeah. strong squad. It just Even all sounds with the so shit. similar, doesn't it? Yeah. It yeah. Just, this is just... This is just what we were saying last year, times the championship equals YMC squared or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with what you were saying, Chris. Uh, I did say before the game, like, if we lose this, then it's not the end of the world and there's 45 games to go. And it's better that the kind of the problems come to the fore now than they do in <laughs> November, December time, if, if you know what I mean. And it's better that and we have time in the transfer window to address these. If I'm picking a, a positive uh, out of the performance, I would say Tom Ince knows how to win a soft penalty. <laughs> he also I mean, did a bit of tracking back as well, which was quite nice to see. The it's nice to have a wing who tracks back, nice, isn't it? Nice, so that's nice, a, a proper nice winger with proper British values. 
A winger, that, a, a winger that can actually do something in a red and white shirt on that right side. Oh. Absolute disgrace what we saw last season. I'll tell you that much for free. We're on about Sobby, right? <laughs> <laughs> I t- just to just to flip it on its head. Like I, I work in Leeds, and everyone in my office is a is a Leeds fan, which is. Re- I, I'm glad I'm off next week. Yeah. But the guy who I like sit next to, or, like who I share a desk with, texted me at, at full time, and I'm like, oh, here we go, here we go. His text was. Well, I won't worry too much. Your guys will improve and we'll be done by November. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, Eve, Leeds fans don't want to be hopeful either. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a kind of lovely note to end on then. Um, <laughs> just an update on the Wizards of Drivel Predictor League. A few of you went for a Leeds United win. Not many, but a few of you went for a Leeds win. None of you at the moment... Uh, since I last updated my spreadsheet, went for 3-1 to lead. So no one is currently ahead in that table. But there is, of course, a long way to go. And maybe a few of you will be a bit more realistic in your predictions now. I'm talking to you, Colonel Pedantic on Twitter. Bloody 9-3. Where did that come from? (laughs) But yeah, the Wizards of Dribble Predictor League is still going. Uh, None of us three uh, came anywhere close to getting it right. (laughs) And uh, if you want to join in with that, then hashtag WADPOD before the Brentford game, before kickoff in the Brentford game. Predict the score, three points for a correct scoreline, one point for a correct outcome. And hopefully a positive prediction will prove to be a right one this time. As always, Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, yeah, you know, the rest of it. There will be a Brentford preview podcast out early next week, hopefully with our mates from Besotted Podcast. So, yeah, double wizards for your book this week. What a great week to be doing two podcasting because everyone's just having a really good time. Uh, (laughs) I'm off to to join the Black Parade. Chris, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Dave. Cheerio, Ben. See you later. Have a good one. Go on, Stoke, you fucking bunch of... (laughs) 